Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I am international man of mystery and former MI6 agent, Freddie Young. Yeah, you are, babe. I am, yeah. He is actually a current spy. Who are you? Uh, I'm Vanessa Mitchell. For, you, former you... owner of the cage. Oh. Um, uh, a witch in a previous life, I will go as far as to say. Your position never wavers. Never wavers. Well, there we go. So, listen, it's we're starting off this podcast today, and we just have to address this because although we're not a political podcast, we're human beings. And I think that, you know, issues in Ukraine are something that affects every individual on the planet, some more so than others, quite clearly, but um, it's something that everyone should be aware of something that everyone should be following something that everyone should be doing their utmost in whatever capacity they can to help and support whether that is you know even if it's just sharing a link on your social media to um fundraising yeah um events or whatever because not listen in the current day and age we're in no one's got a spare fiver and we get that but listen, there's nothing stopping you from, you know, pointing people in the right direction, saying, listen, you can do this, you can do that. Spread the correct information, because there's a lot of information out there that actually is very inaccurate. I think one of the positions at the moment is, obviously lots and lots of people are donating clothes and everything, but it's been on TV again today. They're not being able to get the clothes into the country, so a lot of it will end up in landfill sites, like it did with the other wars, as we know, the Syria war, Afghanistan war. So I would think... Be a little bit dubious, you know, a little bit careful, um, because you, you know, let's face it, we we can we can sell our kids' clothes and everything on eBay, saying and, and, and good people donate, but just be careful who you're donating to it, because the worst thing you could do is think you're doing good, and then like they said on TV today, they can't get in the country, ends up in landfill, and it is what it is. And um, quite often as well, as with what's wrong with the human race, is there are people that will take advantage of this. So there'll be people that yeah. will be taking goods and then putting them on a boot sale. I don't know. And I'm, I'm just, not saying I'm just, everyone is, no, but, but just, th just that's be careful. Warning. But I think... Do your research. There's there's lots of other things um, that we can do. And, and I, 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 think, I think even just, just being knowledgeable with what is happening have an understanding of what is happening keep talking about it don't let you know it die deaf i know kind of maybe a week ago it it, it was all you all you would see and I, I think now that it's gone on what are we what day are we on now um i think 15 or 16 no or something that was the other all... day listen we're like approaching 20 days in, yeah and you know i feel that maybe People, the people talking about it, it is, it is slowly starting to... People are getting to... bored of it. Do you know what I've noticed? I've been posting a lot on Facebook about it. And what I found outrageous is, if I put a photo... And I don't often post on Facebook. I'm, you know, not really asked. But if I do, saying about ghosts or anything else, or even a picture of me and my own kids, it gets X amount of likes. I've been posting it on the wall, and there's barely any likes. And I am heartbroken, because nobody's asked. I saw somebody's post the other day saying about the war and how horrific and everyone's saying well no look after it you know and i'm like really this is a war in europe this is a war on our own doorstep and potentially can come to our doorstep this is a civilized country they've been invaded by the worst type of 
but, the, but it's it's it's, evil it's, a, it's, a, it's, there is. it's not just an attack on Ukraine. It's not just an attack on Europe. It's a, it's an attack on freedom for everybody. All of us. All of us. So it is something that you know you might be in the deepest depths of you know I don't know wherever South America in a jungle. It's, it's you know you're still going to feel the impacts. We're feeling it already, and the world will feel it. But you know what? This evil bastard that should not be exist on this planet at all is affecting all of us he is killing people women and children in cold blood this fucker is beyond evil i don't think you know hitler he's definitely a good comparison he may even go worse than him you know well he's he's more stalin-esque i would say in, yeah. in, in his nature now did you know how old he is i should imagine he's in his 60s he's 69 70. yeah and if the fuck hasn't changed by now, he's never going to. He's just going to get worse and worse and worse because he's completely deranged. And I, I, I don't even know. It's a huge worry. It's a huge concern. But, I, you know, our message to start this week is do what you can. Support in any way, Support in any way in you can. any way you can. Even if you can't give 10p, that's great because not a lot of people can. But put it on social media. Get people because you might post something that somebody else might be able to afford to donate. Somebody might be able to take a refugee in. Just do what you can, please, because this is so serious. Shit, yeah. Sharing information is, is critical. Yeah. I think in, you know, this day and age. It's a very different kind of war now because there is mm. so much social media and things you know we we can make a difference and i, I feel, as I, one I feel sorry for a lot of russian people who actually get what he's doing their country is completely destroyed now i'm talking about russians i know ukraine is as well um but the russians they that they, they, their country is going to be destroyed for year upon year you know these are still innocent people a lot of them of course buy into his shit because but, but you know they don't hear anything you, else you but... have to understand as well that they're being fed what is chosen yeah. by yeah like fucking kim jong-un you know they're only allowed to know what they're allowed to know and a lot of these people don't know and the people that do know are trying to help and the people that do know are protesting and they're risking 15 years in prison by just 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 saying that it's actually a war you know <clears throat> Jesus, I don't, you know, we could go on for hours, but it's not a political podcast, but it's necessary for us to just say. And honestly, I think until this ends, I think we'll maybe talking about it a little bit more. We'll have a little roundup every week. Um, so we'll we'll leave that there. Um, Ukraine is in our thoughts, in is in our prayers, and um, yeah, just constantly always. do just do what you can. Um, so we'll lead from there into an update on my lion. Can I just say one more thing? Go. Um, we're, we're people that believe in spirit and archangels. Yeah. I pray to God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, Archangel Michael with his sword, the, the warrior Michael or something up there does something to help these people. Now, I know I the nature of this. Saw... I know the nature of this is that God, source energy, Aren't, don't exist to change things. As human beings, we have free will, but they are there if we ask them to help. I just pray to God that whatever is up there reacts this help. And actually, there's bloody warriors up there that can come and defend these Ukrainian people now and kill Putin. Um, long time friend of the show, Simon Ludgate, shared a very, very interesting video. All oh, right, okay, I haven't seen this. Um, 
So it is. I'll I'll save this and I'll post it to our social media so you can see it. So. Talking of angels coming to de defend. Yeah, which Simon's an expert on, actually. This is a video shot in Kiev during the conflict. Ready? So, we, obviously, I will post this. But for those who can't see it, it's, mm. it's clearly a very cloudy sky. And there's just large bodies of light coming down. I believe that that is... Um, the cathedral, maybe. Oh yeah, look at that! It's an amazing. It goes on now, for about I think a minute or so. Simon Ludgate is is a very intelligent man, and he knows about warfare. And if this had been a spark or something for for one of their, he would have analysed that, and he, he would know that. But yeah, it's just that. Uh, yeah. I will. I will save this Please video, God, and I, I will. Hope. Um, I will post on our social media for you to be able to view that. But it's an it's an amazing video, and and it's it's. If anything, instills an element of hope. Do you know? I, I believe. You know, I, I totally understand. And anyone that doesn't understand this, watch the movie The Shack. And what it basically, you know, spells out is that God and Source and Jesus and all of those people, if you believe in them, um, are here to help us as humans. They can't change things. We, you can't have free will. Um, you know, we're all given free will, so that they don't come and intervene because human beings have free will. So they can't change things, but they can be there for us when bad things happen and walk alongside us and help us in other ways. So no, they can't kill a murderer. They can't stop, stop your child from being raped and murdered. They can't. But there's so much other stuff they can do. And so, you know, watch The Shack. And I, I think that, that makes a lot of sense to me, that movie. But I just hope the whole world is just praying to something. that I know something's up there. Please just, even if you can't stop it, help the people going through it. Yeah. You know, just and you know, there is a there's a huge amount of strength amongst the Ukrainian people. God, they're amazing people. I've never seen anything like them. They are amazing. They're you know they're God. I mean, what what a race to be proud of. Indeed, right. So now I shall I shall swiftly go into uh, line update. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Go. So. This is a long-running segment. Uh, for those of you that maybe haven't listened to previous episodes, I'll give you a very, very brief rundown. So uh, I've moved into a new home. I have a nice garden now and was in search of nice bits to put in the garden. Found an Ornaments. Ornaments and things. Found an incredible statue online of a lion pouncing on a ram. Yeah. Very, very heavy, very solid. I bought it for five pounds, went to collect it. The man gave me a great big spill. Oh, this, it's amazing. How old it was, how, how old it, it was, was made. And then went on swiftly to tell me that the previous owner said it must never, ever leave this house. Um, it has to be attached. <laughs> it, it, it and, also, and also, sorry to interject, that he's getting rid of it because all his dog does sits and barks at it 24-7. Yes. In the garden. Correct. Right. Um, listen. And the bargain hunter in me went, oh, yes, I'll take it. Thank you. Five pounds. Here you go. I'm off. Well, we've had some things happen um, with it. So I would say the, the main update. So obviously last week, I, there's still a hell of a lot of spiders yeah. around it. Um, and your security lights were going on. The security lights still going and... on. There's like the, it's like someone's trying to get in from the outside at yeah. the doors, things like that. 
Um, but the latest update. So, I so have. Can I just. What we missed out, people who haven't heard this before, is what I said to Freddie is, well, actually, you've probably bought haunted objects. And he was like, no, no, it was a great deal. It was a great deal. But we've missed out the point on this episode that I said to him, really, Freddie, think about it. Um, Freddie had, and the man told him, Rhyme and Verse, what it's made. Freddie actually Googled it and, and found out that one's a lot more damaged than his one is worth upward of five, six hundred pounds. So, of course, his one is worth a lot more. And then I said to him, right, all things considered, you, you, you've, you've brought a haunted object here. And if anyone wants to buy it, they can. They can. Just let me know. Um, so, latest update. I have uh, inherited a lovely, large uh, Buddha head garden ornament. And it is much more fitting in the area of the garden where the lion currently was sat. So I've moved the lion, put the Buddha head there. Um, the lion currently uh, is not in its home. It's just sat on a bit of the patio. It's not going to stay there. Um, and I felt that it maybe wasn't overly happy about that. So I was out doing my uh, evening slug and snail watch. Which he is religious about, can I say? Two, three times a night I go out and get rid of all the slugs and snails because they're not eating my plants. And while I was out there, I don't know why, but I bent down and I stroked the lion and I said, don't worry, mate, I'll find you a better spot. Mm. You know, I'm sorry I moved you. With that, a spade that has been lent against the garage wall for upwards of three days, not moved. It wasn't a windy night. It was fine. As I've said this to him, the spade has flung itself on the floor. Flew. But this, and this is a point I didn't tell you. It didn't fall sideways. It flung forward. Yeah. So. With with force. Yeah. So it's it's not, it hasn't just, you know, sloped yeah, over to the side. side. Yeah. It's fallen forward. <coughs> um, actually, which I, I should have told you. Cause now that I'm thinking, now that I'm talking about it. So uh, that, that made me jump a little bit and I went, oh, I've upset him. So I'm thinking of maybe moving him back to his <laughs> to his spot yeah. and just calling it quits because obviously he liked it there. Maybe you know maybe he's like grown accustomed to the garden. Mm. I am waiting for the day that I look out over the balcony and see I don't know something like the pit of hell opened up in the garden, <laughs> like sinkhole flames coming you know, out. Of it. I, I said to you earlier, I was talking to my good friend Ronnie Buckingham. Um, the other day and we were discussing this he said oh how's freddie and i said right listen and i gave him 10 minutes of constant talk about th this thing and he just laughed and he said oh my god yeah i get it he said it could only happen to freddie i said but ronnie the, the haunted object and he said yeah i get it he said there's a bit of a warning there and he just laughed and he said oh it could only happen to freddie so i told you tonight didn't i these these things but you know what it is is my brain doesn't kick in I could quite happily hand out bundles of advice to people. And if my friend had come to me but and if said... if you see an ornament or something a bit sparkly, your I'm eyes there. are I'm like, stars. Oh, I can't get help it, it. Get it, can't get help it. it. Yeah. I have to. You know, as it stands, is it causing a level of distress to my life? No. But if the spade incident is anything to go by, I would say things are maybe getting i mean if you listen to our recent episodes even where jake was concerned um it kind of ramped up died down a little bit but i think with things like this 
it's it, we're waiting to see and that there's definitely more to come so we will keep you updated but it's definitely something i I'm i think maybe in. as well maybe things are but because it you know it's not nice weather i'm not really in the garden much maybe once the spring and summer come and i'm out the garden a lot more maybe i'll notice more things that are happening yeah um but uh, oh, a haunted garden have we ever heard of one have you ever heard of a haunted garden um now because it's a garden i've heard of ghosts in a garden but, no, but not now... per se a haunted well i suppose I, I suppose it's the same one in the same isn't it yeah it's i don't know it's unusual because i, I... well not a domestic okay you could say in a stately home but a domestic garden i would think is quite unusual yeah and i think actually you know this is a food for thought as a garden ornament and always being a garden ornament would whatever is attached to it, or if there is something attached to it, stay in the garden? Well, I think by a recent podcast, we know that it's moved more into the it house. It has, so, yeah. yeah. So, right. But that's for another day. We'll... That's for another day. Anyway, listen, we've gone on a little bit, so we'll get into this week's episode. So, um, off, off, not off topic, it's still strange and unusual, but not our usual ghosts and ghoulies. But still a fascinating subject that we definitely have spoken about. Yeah, about. so it is kind of the British version of the Roswell incident. Yep. And that is Rendlesham Forest. Yeah. The Rendlesham Forest incident. Mm. So, <coughs> pardon, sorry. Um, I won't just talk about that exclusively. I will talk about that now um, but there are some other things and other bits that have gone on in nearby places and, and uh, another fascinating ufo incident that we're going to speak about today but the the main bulk of this week's episode will be covering rendlesham forest so have you ever been it's very no. close to us no i haven't it's incredibly close to us i was very surprised so I can i've remember... seen quite a lot of documentaries and tv shows about it but i've never been so one Valentine's, I booked a nice little cosy cottage escape for me and Jake. Mm -hmm. I didn't realise where it was, but as we was driving through and all of a sudden we're in the middle of a thick forest and then a big sign that says Rendlesham, I went, oh no. Yeah. I went, Jake, he went, what? I went, this is Rendlesham Forest. And then we're driving along and we see all these big, massive, high fences with barbed wire. And I went, what? the hell and that's yeah. obviously the military base yeah and i went oh no anyway we pull up to this cottage it was beautiful it was absolutely stunning but when i say it was in the heart of the woodlands you would go out of the door in the evening and you know it's, it's early february valentine's day so it's quite dark quite early mm. it was absolutely pitch black and you're yeah. just looking and, and all you... Did you have a hot tub outside or something? Yeah, we, we went outside. Yeah. We was brave. Yeah, so I remember you telling me ages ago. Yeah. We was brave. Um, but it's just... all you, you We were surrounded by trees. We was in the thick of a forest. That is and, scary. That and is I, scary. I was said to Joe, what have I done here? What have I done here? Even just take away the fact that it's Rendlesham Forest and that's notorious... But it is a forest like, yeah. on its own. I was like, listen, I'm just asking what to be What did Jake nerd. say, though? Because he's very, very... <sighs> he doesn't really buy into this stuff. No, he's and very then, normal brain. Because then I said to him, I literally gripped his leg as we was driving. I went, oh, my God, we're in Rendlesham. How did <laughs> I not realise? And he went, what? Well, what? 
What? Yeah. Uh, well, and I went, about I went, oh my God, have you not, you don't, you don't know the story. Have you never heard of Rendlesham Forest? Oh my God, it's like the, it's one of the biggest UFO stories in the UK, like in the world even. Okay, so just for interest, I know he doesn't buy into the, the ghost and paranormal stuff. Does he buy into aliens and UFOs? Now, it's a topic that maybe we don't talk about as often. Um... I think maybe he would be more inclined to believe, but that's because it's a bit more science based. Yeah, and possibly. but that's because his logical brain will kick in. His but then, logical will but, say but then, in the entire universe. How can we must, not be? Yeah, yeah. But then he'll say, but what? Why would they want to visit us? Why what, would they want? Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, I don't think. Uh, the I think, rat, uh, yeah. and I go right, Jake. Listen to yourself. <laughs> listen, and my argument to him and to anybody will always be. Look at the hundreds of thousands of reports of of anything all over the world, all over the world, all different walks of life, everyone, can't all be wrong. different kind of people, people that are very like highly influential, intelligent people. You know, people military that are, people military... since the I think the twenties have reported this. Do you know? And you have to just stop and just ask yourself, right? Is everyone deranged? Is everyone deranged? If the government have to put in like it's all their equipment malfunctioning when it shows something on the radar that is that, that is beyond our capability it's all the it's all the equipment malfunctioning but there are government no. departments dedicated yes to this what listen they're not going to waste their billions of pounds doing that because they, they've got other things to yeah. do do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> right like stopping a war in europe yeah but world war three but they will still pump the money in to know and understand you know, you've got the men in black again. And they're not doing it because it's a laugh and a joke. Not doing it because it's a laugh and a joke. You know, people like the men in black, yeah, it's not official written down on paper. But we know they exist. But they're, but they're there. Listen, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's not a person on this planet that can tell me, right, you're mad, they don't exist. Yes, they do. Of course they do. Yes, they do. And it's not men in black like the film, but there are, you know, they exist. agents we of know some that description that exist. are dedicated to dealing with these types of incidents and it's very well proven i digress i move on so rendlesham forest so it is 150 hectares which is 3700 acres yeah large area of woodland in suffolk um so a large area of the forest was cleared for the so i think what 25 minutes up the road from us would you say it's about eight miles away from ipswich so Ipswich is say yeah, so about twenty five. Say 20, half yeah. a half hour, half hour yeah, or so us, away yeah. from us. Yeah. Um, it's very famous now. So there was large area of the forest cleared for the construction of um, a base, RAF base, and it was RAF Woodbridge, and this was built in nineteen forty three during the Second World War. So the purpose of this was to assist in damaged aircraft so they could come and land uh, on their return from raids over in Germany. Mm. So anything that was damaged, because so, it's like yeah. one, one of the closest points, yeah. because that kind of area is quite coastal and is probably, you know, as the bird flies, one of the closest places for them to land. Um, Later, it was used by the United States Air Force during the Cold War. Yeah. And they, uh, a lot of people were stationed there because, again, probably one of the closest points in friendly nations that they can be to the directly to the 
kind of conflict or whatever that was going on. Uh, it's been used pretty much since it was constructed. There was, it's like kind of continuation has been in question, but the Ministry of Defence have turned around and said, no, we, we will uh, pay to keep it running. It's, it's, it's an important-ish yeah. airbase. So it's, again, 5.8 square miles, which I understand a little bit better than hectares and acres. Mm. Um, it's a mixture of forest, heathland and wetland areas. Yeah. And, and it's near Sutton Hoo. Which, of course, Sergeant Major our Historian has done many digs in, archaeological digs in. So she is an expert on Sutton Hoo. So, yeah, so we know the kind of time scale with that. Yeah, so it's the area of land would have been used... Ancient. Land, yeah. It's ancient land. Historical land. Uh, like I mentioned, it's eight miles east of Ipswich, which again, so last week we did Colchester and the Ghosts and Spirits of Colchester, which if you haven't listened to, go back and have a shout, have a listen. So the next kind of closest town to us is Ipswich, mm. uh, but that's like in the next county along, but we're on the border of it. So... The infamous Rendlesham Forest incident occurred in the vicinity of two military bases. So we've got RAF Woodbridge and RAF Bentwaters. Yeah. And I've got another story about RAF Bentwaters after this one. Okay. Um, and RAF Bentwaters is just north of the forest and RAF Woodbridge extends into the forest from the west and it is bordered by the forest on its kind of northern and eastern edges, just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea. At the time of the incident, both bases were being used by the United States Air Force, and they were under the command of Wing Commander Colonel Gordon E. Williams. I saw a picture of him. He's quite a handsome man. Oh, was he? Yeah, quite a handsome man. Was he in man. combat, Freddie? Or can we not talk about Oh, no. He, we, was, we he, was, he was all done up in his regalia. He had a little little pilot's oh. hat on. Um, older man. Very handsome. Mm. Um, classic older man. Classic older man. Mm. The base commander was Colonel Ted Conrad. Couldn't find a picture of him. Oh. And his deputy was uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt. So... What you're saying is very top people in their game. Oh, essentially. listen. Yeah. So they're, it, they're not just the within the United minions. States Air Force. These are some, as we say, big swinging dicks. Big swinging they're, dicks. They're the top. Yeah. Okay. The main events of the incident took place in the forest, which starts at the east end of the base um, and its runway, um, and it's about half a kilometre to the east of. Eastgate of mm. Woodbridge, which is kind of a little bit like a lookout post, maybe, yeah. is the best way I'd maybe describe it. So, security guards first noticed mysterious lights appearing to descend into the forest. Now, the forest is about, extends out about a mile from where this man has first seen it. So, obviously, he's been a security guard and securing yeah. things, and he has seen that about a, about a mile away. Um, there's also um, a place called, oh, let me see, I can't remember where it's called, Capel, uh, uh, it's like a farmer's field, but it's Capel Green, and there was other things that took place there as well. But the majority of these incidents are based in and around the forest near the borders of um, the bases and, and things like that, just yeah. so you have an idea of where we're at. So you just have to imagine everyone involved in this is 
military. Yeah. Basically, and they're, they're by nature designed not to be silly people. And not to be scared not and to, to be, be very logical to... uh, thinkers. Correct. Yeah. So this happened at Boxing Day, mm. which I never knew. I knew, I knew, obviously I know the incident very well, yeah. but I never knew it was Boxing Day. So it was about three o'clock in the morning, the 26th of December, 1980. So as Which I, again, wasn't very long ago. Not really. So what, we've just missed the 40th anniversary. But I remember 1980. So my age, that in the scale of, in the scale of years, that wasn't very long ago. We still had high tech staff. We were, you know, we weren't back in the stone age. It wasn't very long ago in the scale of, in the scale of it. So a security patrol near the east gate of RAF Woodbridge saw lights descending into nearby Rendlesham forests. So astronomers have said that, or they've attributed it to being pieces of natural debris burning up as a fireball over this area yeah, at the like, time. Yeah, yeah. Because um, of course you'd have to rule that out first, obviously. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of people that have, have, you know, said that they've debunked this and things like that. And there's a lot of questionable things, but I still think it's, you know. The one thing it's that I've learned in my life, and I'm still, I'm st I still hold by now. Politicians can say what they want, but military people, when they're allowed to talk, tell the truth. So, positive, oh, it was this, it was that. But when military people say, it, you know, it wasn't this, it wasn't... And there's such a culture as well, well, in most walks of life, but especially in the military, when you say these things that are considered outlandish, you very much run the risk... Absolutely. ...of being considered an absolute lunatic, to be crazy, and all of these things. And these people are really, really high up yeah. within the US Air Force, you know... You're not just gonna. I, you're not I, just gonna do you know, it because you you want to have a laugh. There, there, there's agreements, you know. These these silent, I can't remember the right word for them. These silence agreements, that, you know. That um, what they're called uh, agreements that you sign that you you can't talk about. And so many of these pilots, and NDAs. so many, yeah, yeah, of, of these military people have said, you know what? I just have to say it because I just have to, with risk, personal risk to their self. But they have to, and we've seen it all over the world. But yeah. Um, servicemen initially thought that it was a downed aircraft, but upon entering the forest to investigate, they saw what they described as a glowing object, metallic in appearance, with coloured lights. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, to me, that's not a meteorite. Yeah. Well, it's not on a limb, it's just basic maths. <laughs> um, You're being kind there by saying going out on a limb. I'm going to say it's not an owl. I'm yeah. going to say it's not a tractor. Um, yeah. You know... It's not an air balloon. Yeah, out of, you know, all, all of the things that you could say, oh, well, have you thought about this? Yeah. Listen, if you're walking into a forest because you think an aeroplane's come down, you've gone to investigate, and you're seeing a glowing metallic object with coloured lights, I don't know if you can explain that away. But anyway, as they attempted to approach the object, it appeared to move through the trees. And then all of the animal animals on a nearby farm went into a frenzy. Right. Now, again, that speaks yeah. volumes no, to for me. nature. Yeah, nature alone, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the servicemen, who is Sergeant Jim Penniston, later claimed to have an, having encountered a craft of unknown origin while in the forest. Um, there was no publicised mention of this at the time, 
and it hasn't been corroborated by any other witnesses, but he has said that he has also seen this as well. So, you know, this is just another person to, to witness yep. what has happened. So shortly after 4 a.m., local police were called to the scene, but reported that the only lights they could see were from the Orford Ness Lighthouse. And if you used to look at this kind of Google Maps wise, it's about five miles away from the furthest point of the forest's edge. So I know lighthouses are designed by nature to, you know, to be seen from a long distance. Yeah. But a lighthouse five miles away doesn't appear in the middle of the forest as a large yeah, metallic glowing know object. That. They, they bloody know. <laughs> Listen, that's a lighthouse. That's that's a war plane. That's a bloody yeah. yeah. You know, so they know it. Police police arrived on the scene, and, and I think the police have been. Uh, not I'm trying to think of the right word, but they've they've not been very forthcoming with it, and they've they they're trying they say right no it's all all mad we didn't see anything but listen they turned up an hour later after it had gone so you ain't gonna see anything are you right but also they're anyway. under rules and regulations they can't say oh yes you're right there's a UFO because of course that they're not allowed to do that either. that's above their remit yeah anyway after daybreak on the morning of 26th of December servicemen returned to the small clearing near the eastern edge of the forest and found small, three small impressions on the ground in a triangular pattern, as well as burn marks and broken branches on all of the nearby trees. Yeah. So it's very clear that something has come from above. From above. Come down. Yeah, yeah. Has taken the branches off the trees and has left impressions on the ground, as well as so. And it's, it, it's, it's got some heat about it because it's left burn marks. It well. wasn't like a plane where we'd have to have a, a runway and land within a space that, you know, within it's a distance. It's come down vertically. It's come down vertically, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say as well... Like a helicopter could, but they wouldn't... Yeah, leave. like a helicopter yeah. would. But that would, it would, you know, we have helicopters, so we would understand we know and know yeah. the impressions yeah. that it would leave. Yeah. And as well, you know, the theory of, oh, it was a meteorite or whatever, there would be evidence of that. Of course. There would we, be we a crater. There would be yeah. um, meteorite kind of debris yeah, and and, th that. and things yeah. like that um at 10 30 the local police police were called out again to kind of view the scene the branches the the burn marks and and everything mm, like that mm. and that they said oh it could have been an animal oh yeah <laughs> could have been an animal which Ooh, listen a if really an deranged cow <laughs> if, if an animal had done that I would also go, <laughs> just well, laugh, well Jesus. Let's not even discuss it because well, it's so what, laughable. What's, what's going on there? Oh, it was a sheep that had a bit of a drama. Yeah, listen, forget that. Yeah, there, there was a deranged sheep that had a rocket up its bum. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. Um, the incident doesn't stop there. So obviously that is a very brief summary of kind of the incident. As a, as a whole. But local people saw this incident in Rendlesham as well. You know, th there was lots of accounts. Okay, you've given military accounts. Very, you know, steadfast um, professional uh, military uh, professional accounts. But other people saw this as well. You know, th this wasn't just. And also, in, in the... Are you going to go on to this? I don't know. But, uh, you know, the radars of everything in Rendlesham at the time, the military equipment we have... They saw, they knew something was coming down. It, it wasn't anything known to, to, to warfare no, but I that will, they could recognise. Um, not in this 
incident, but there's another incident in the um, other RAF base nearby. Yeah. Sorry, is, I always it, jump on you. That is, I'll get too um, excited, but I know you have all It's, it's all radar yeah. related, and I'll, yeah. I'll go right yeah. into it. So anyway, a couple of days after, so we're now at the 28th of December, so the mm. Deputy Base Commander, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt, visited the site with several servicemen in the early hours of the 28th yeah. of December. They took radiation readings in the yeah. triangles, uh, triangle depressions and the surrounding area using an ANPDR-27, right? Yeah. That means nothing to me. Scientific equipment. But it is a standard US military radiation su survey meter. So yeah. this is what the US military would use day to day. Oh, that was a not really day -day, radiated but, cow yeah. that, you know, yeah, um, yeah. So they recorded 0 0.07 um i can't even say this word but milli milli rotengens that's I'll, I'll go with that per hour in other regions but in other bits that they did they detected 0 0.04 to 0 0.0 no, 0.03 to 0.04 milli milli rotengens yeah. per hour um so that's a I know it doesn't seem a lot, but actually that's a, a really big... That's a, that's it's a, a, big, that's a jump it's a, it's a for big, yeah. radio, yeah, yeah. It's a big spike. Uh, they detected as well small bursts over half a mile away from the landing site of radiation levels. So obviously... It's an army military down, and every minute, you know... All, all of us countries, we don't fuck up that much in radiation. Our military are shit hot. And if they're saying that that... that that's over it's too much trust them Listen, got, they're, not trust them. they're not silly people um during this investigation so whilst they're over there they saw another flashing light seen across the field to the east um and then later on there were three star-like lights that were seen in the sky two to the north one to the south and it was about 10 degrees above the horizon so it's in the sky mm -hmm. um now, this Lieutenant Colonel, Charles Hall, said that the brightest of these three hovered for two to three hours and seemed to beam down a stream of light from time to time. Again, it's, it's not normal star behaviour. And for them to turn around and say, right, well, that's not right. You know, listen, we still look to the stars. We still understand and know the night sky. We have a level of understanding. We know where things should be. Yeah. They would know and understand if something was a bit out of the ordinary. I'm sure in these situations um, that the people who are experts in the night sky would step forward and say, oh, no, that's because it was a comet or a meteor or it was because, the, you know, God knows what was in a certain position. And they would say that, that they could diminish it. And the fact that these experts in space aren't saying you know and the military have to come out and say eventually actually um there's an issue with this it, it tells us all we need to know i think it's just something and there was unusual there was huge cover-ups um from all of this so you know the british version of the men in black were turning up to local people that would live in the area and yeah. saying where was you you didn't see was you inside did you see anything? And people were going like, oh, no, I was asleep. And I was going, oh, yeah, fun. Well, no, nah, not, that, not that we've noticed anything. Um, and like doing the rounds, even, you know, it's, it's it was like a huge cover up. It was all very cloak I've and dagger. Of the men in black turning up to people in that time in the area saying, well, you didn't say anything, even if you did. And 
these are the consequences. You know, they were terrifying people. And we get that. We know that happens with human beings. Um, but I've also heard many stories about this where that position occurred to some people. Say, oh, yeah, my God, I saw it. Well, no, you didn't see anything. No, you didn't see anything. And you're mad. You're silenced. Yeah. End of subject. So, you know. And honestly, Freddie, if, one, if a few men in black turned up to you and me tonight and said we were silenced, I think, to be honest, we'd both say, okay, fine, we are. Because there's only so much you can, you know. Correct. So that is a that is probably the briefest rundown of the Rendlesham Forest incident you will receive mm. from any podcast. But it's a, it's a very... I've, I've done that deliberately because I could drive you mad with the ins and outs and the details of this and this and this and this and this and first-hand accounts. But listen... We all know the story. It's really, really yeah. well known. It's really well documented. To me, I know that a lot of people online try and explain it away. To me, that there's no real explaining it away. I feel that they've, you know, maybe done that on purpose to kill the story a little bit. But much like the, the Roswell incident as well, you know, that it was a weather balloon. Right. You know, well, and... you know, I've I've watched, I've researched this a lot, and even since the earliest days of our war that we can track back, um, let's just say, for example, the forties war, every, in wars, every single time, military, professional people have claimed that they've seen UFO. You know, it's do, it's very well documented. It's not a stretch. Just read the information. Correct. And um, it is out there. It's out there. The truth is out there. What's that? X-Files. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you weren't even born then. You'd have been too young for that. Oh, no, I love the X-Files. I rewatched it not too long ago. Well, no, well, I was watching it in my early 20s. So how old are you? Well, been? X-Files was 90s. So I was a kid. I didn't watch it when it came out. but Oh, no, you watched it after. Yeah. yeah. But when it first came out, yeah. You've been like five. The or truth something. is out there. I'm sure that's the tagline. Yeah. Mulder and Scully. Oh, now I tell you. So as a gay man, you love Mulder. Everyone uh, loves Mulder. No, Gillian Anderson, I think is maybe top three sexiest women on this planet. Oh, really? Oh, I thought um, I was. Can I be added into that? But as in something? No. Silence speaks volumes. <laughs> but no, I mean, Mulder and Scully. I mean, everyone will remember at the time. It w it was groundbreaking, that show. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. You're still not saying it's really, anything. It's really off topic. All right, go. If someone described you as a handsome woman, would you be offended? Well, no, in the old days, yeah, but handsome... This, yeah, but this, I'm always a bit confused with it because I'd think, well, why do I look like a man? No, it's an old-fashioned <laughs> term. So, Oh, back, she's a handsome woman. Yeah, but back in the old days... Women would describe as handsome women. It's only modern day, man is a handsome and woman is pretty or beautiful. But back in the old day, it was quite normal to say you're a handsome woman. But things change. That's a... So it would have always been a compliment. So Gillian Anderson, if you're listening to this, I think you're a very handsome woman. You must have got that from your granddad when you were like that. I think so. Yeah. I th and that's, and that's, in, that was an old-fashioned yeah. term, yeah. Um, now, this is something I did not know about. It's... It's mad, but I've, I've added it in. Right, go. Rendlesham Forest, although infamous for um, UFOs and otherworldly beings, is also believed to be home of the Shug Monkey. Mm. Like Shag, but without the A. 
Yeah. And a U instead. Shug. Shug, Shug. monkey. And that is a supernatural f- creature that calls Rendlesham Forest its home. Mm. It's been sighted a few times. One of the most famous sightings is in 1956. Someone called Sam Holland was taking a, a brisk January walk in the Suffolk countryside with his spaniel dog, Harry, when he spotted something really, really unusual in the trees about 40 foot away from him. In amongst the trees uh, was a beast that he'd never seen before. And he said kind of was real big, really muscular, on four legs, walking yeah. like a lion, yeah. covered in thick, glossy black fur, mm-hmm. easily 10 foot in length. He really struggled <laughs> trying to think, like, well, what is it? Now, do we know if he had just come from the local alehouse? <laughs> well, I'm waiting until yeah. I go on. <laughs> go, go. It had a thick neck, and as he describes, intelligent-looking, piercing eyes, wild and flared wide and flared nostrils and terrifyingly huge jaws mm. now he come face to face with the beast they locked eyes and after what he described as an eternity the creature just turned its back and crept into the forest so when people asked him for a, a better description he said it was a combination of ape a dog a bear a lion and a rhinoceros he maintains that his sighting had been genuine and people have asked him decades later, right, listen, come tell us the truth. Yeah, like, was you having a mad uh, one? Yeah, yeah. He went, no, no, no. I saw that. That was there 100%. Now, what I say to you is, and the research I've done, the many, you know, documentaries, of, creatures like this, not saying they're a shug monkey or, or particularly that description, but there are many, many creatures around the world, especially in Alaska, North America, place where there's extensive woods there are creatures that multiple multiple normal human beings have seen that can't explain um are they in england i don't know i certainly know they exist somewhere i don't you know i don't know i know they exist um i haven't heard of them in england was a fella two sheets of the wind we don't know well but i know stuff like that exists he's not the only person Oh, to, right. have, okay. to have witnessed it. So about seven years after his sighting, in the same bit of the forest, yeah. a woman named Peggy Cushing saw an almost identical looking beast. So again, would describe it all a bit ape-like, but on four legs. So it was kind of a bit like a bear and a lion. And it was lot, there was lots of real <clears throat> thick, black, glossy yeah. hair. Uh, <coughs> but the only difference is, is that she said that it shape-shifted and grew wings and flew off. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe that bit. What I, what I do get is there are creatures on this earth we're still discovering every day now. Correct. Mammals and under the ocean. Correct. Now, there are species that I absolutely truly believe that, that live, you know, like, like we spoke about before, there are 700 million acres of untouched forests in America, for example. Yeah. Um, the, the United States, and and we haven't explored all of it. And, and there, it ain't a stuff stretch that lives there. to say. And it's down under the ocean. We're discovering it now. It's not a stretch to say that there's something that's very clever, that is a species. And listen, we we just haven't discovered it yet. It's not like it's this paranormal that can 
you know, I'm not so, I'll go a stretch to say shape-shifting, but there's a creature that exists that we haven't discovered because they don't want to be discovered. And in the amount of woodland and forest that there is in the world, yeah, I get that, I understand it. Because you have to remember and understand that there are some species of creature that are exclusive to such a small part of land. So, you know, yes. there's that really famous mountain somewhere. can't remember where. But it's something like... It's like almost untouched, really. They've investigated it. But there is something like 2,000-odd species that are exclusive yeah. to, this, to that area. this small mountain range. There's something like now, if three, we miles, to... three miles by three miles. Yeah. Well, listen, I ain't a stretch then to go that... There's not things exclusive to these un undiscovered parts of the world. If if our scientists and biologists tell us every day, in in normal life, species underneath the sea we're still discovering, then there's still a position that in places not d explored on land yet that we can say, yeah, actually, guess what, weirdos, <laughs> you know, human beings, there's still species undiscovered. You yeah. know, it, to me, it's just normal and natural. I don't get why there's a big mystery about it. Of course, of course, there must be. Um, there's also another, and this is this is what I will always lean towards is is people that live and work in these areas. Yeah, they know and they understand. They understand. It, so yeah. there is um, like a camping ground. There's various camping grounds around Rendlesham Forest, but um, you know, you can go set up your tent and whatever. Now there was a couple, and it was fairly recent. I think maybe even the nineties. Mm. they were camping and yeah. they described so they're in their tent and there's something they said like snorting like a pig like sniffing around the tent yeah but they can see it and they said it was absolutely massive they got out of their tent and they saw the creature very similar to what's being described it's kind of apish lionish bear like on four legs, on not bipedal, not not. Yeah, on like legs. on like, but hit, like they said, like ten, twelve foot. Terrified. You, see, you don't mistake that. You don't mistake saying that. Bit. So terrified, they've gone to the man that runs it, and they said, "Listen, we're up out of here. What the hell was that?" And he went, "You're not the only people that have seen it." What I understand is, if they were camping there, they got a bit stoned. They they were having a great time, got a bit pissed. But two of them wouldn't have seen the same thing in that situation. But, but, then, but they've gone then to the owner the and thing. said, no, well, listen, we've got the shug monkey. That's what you've seen. Yeah. Well, then, and, and I believe it's They've, they've grown accustomed to. Yeah. So the shug monkey of Rendlesham Forest, it's not just the aliens you need to be aware of. Do you know, it's the first time, you know, I've researched and looked a lot into these type of creatures in, in other countries. But it's actually the first time, because I, I, I see the UK so much smaller and also, probably being arrogant, I think that the UK are so much, I'm saying better, but I, I, I just trust us to, to find this stuff. And because, you know, the, you know, America is so vast and Canada and everything. I, I, I find it harder to believe that it's undiscovered. Having said that, Freddie, it could have been discovered and they're going to tell us. And, and I think, well, why not? Because it's only another species. It's not a big deal. It, it, it's not saying that can, you know, it's just another species that exists. Well, I wouldn't fancy running into a 10-foot monkey, ape, lion, rhinoceros. No, but there's nothing not to say, you know, that it doesn't exist as a species. Yeah, no. You're, Which you're is 100... hidden itself away, there's, like, like there's nothing, do underneath there's, the sea. There's nothing to say it's paranormal. 
it may well just be... Yeah, it's not going to transform itself and shipshape and, and, and come and destroy our Earth. It's, it's just another species. But yes. Scientifically. Rendlesham Forest, be careful on your journeys. You might be abducted. You might see some aliens. You might even see a shug monkey. And if you, you might see you and me there one day. One day, wandering around, <laughs> lost. If you, if, you, if you see us lost... Terrified. Give us a lift. With our little camera... And our microphone trying to be all brave. Screaming. Freddie will be crying, screaming. I'll be trying to comfort him. Then it'll be vice versa. Yeah, you might see us one day. <laughs> Being all brave. Being all brave. Just like the Blair Witch Project. We're taking the camera and then it all goes wrong. That's it, yeah. <laughs> two, two, two local people missing got lost in five miles of woodland. <laughs> yeah, there was a pub pub up the road, but we were so terrified we didn't see the light to go to it. Oh, oh, no, like, we, no we, we did we did see the light, but we were too scared to go near it because yeah. we thought it was an alien. Yeah. So any it, rescue it only, attempts were foiled because <laughs> they were absolutely terrified. It was only 10 minutes from the local motorway. <laughs> they were 35 seconds from yeah. civilization. Two hysterical human beings that were supposed to be paranormal investigators, yeah. <laughs> Found naked and actually, alone and afraid, yeah. shaking and screaming. Yeah. And actually qualified... Um, uh, Parapsychologist. Parapsychologist, yeah. Terrified. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, you know, we are having a joke, but no, I can actually see us. Listen. Well, no, when we go on location, we are quite serious, though, aren't we? We've only done it a few times. Now, <laughs> in, in terms of everything, what yeah. would you be more scared to confront? Spirits, paranormal, poltergeist, demons, things like that, or an alien? Oh, alien. I'd be more terrified of an alien. Definitely an alien. Because you... Because I think there's help, I think, with negative energies, with demonic spirits. I mean, I've had it before in my life, so, so but I think for an alien, listen... You don't get it, you don't you, understand, you, you don't know. There, 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 there's no prayers or, or protection you can do against that. I think if they get you, they get you. Definitely but, more an alien. But we do have sticks that we could hit them with. That won't work. Listen. You I'll don't know that. What if I hit so, them with a stick? If we're in a forest one day and All then right, an alien yeah. comes down, will we go to it out of curiosity or run? Um, run for our lives. I'd like because to. I, I, I know what I'd I like. Question. I know what I'd like to say. I'll tell you why I asked the question. So many interviews I've seen, and people say, "Well, I would have run, but I was just transfixed. I just watched and watched. And I'm thinking, get back in your house, run, 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 get in your car, go away, go away." And then, and sometimes they don't. And I think, well, you're mad. Jesus Christ, just run and get out of there. And some people just don't. They just stay and it just... But I, under I understand that because there have been things that have happened in my life that I know in the deepest depths of me, leave. Do run, don't engage. And so don't... do I with a cage, but you just stay. But you it. do. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's... I don't is it, either. Is, is it an inbred curiosity? I don't really know. I'd like to say if an alien popped down in front of me walking down the street, I'd stop and say hello, shake its hand and go, do you want to have a drink? Yeah, and just be just, And just be, just be friendly. Yeah. I'd just be friendly. But would I? Would I run screaming? Probably. Oh, wow. What's that? I'll tell, <laughs> tell you an analogy I can give you. And it's the only thing I can give you. Um, I'm mad on sharks. I think sharks are terrifying. I was, I've always looked at people in Australia. Why would you go in a bit? Well, why would you do it? Why would you do it? Now, I tell you, years and years and years ago, I went to Australia. It was really, really hot. And it was in Cottesloe and it was um, um, in Scarborough in, in West Australia. And 
the lady I was staying with, she'd said, um, humans have been taken, we know that it's on our news. Now, we don't hear about it in our news, but they do on this. Humans have been taken? Yeah, by sharks. Oh. Um, legs chopped off everything else. And Bitten I was off. always a person to say, Jesus Christ, if there was a shark, I wouldn't even attempt the water. And guess what I did? For those weeks, and this is crazy I'm even saying it, and I understood at the time it was crazy, but it's so hot, and I went in the water. And guess what? I went out deep, and I was wave jumping. And it had only been a few weeks before in Scarborough where somebody had been taken. And then, of course, nothing happened. And then it's like the human brain. I got back, and I thought, oh, my God, I would I would have bet you my my year's wages I would have not gone in that water but sometimes you do because it was a big fear of mine but sometimes you do no. so then then for me all bets are off because then I could say to you okay I would not confront an alien or stand there and watch out curiosity but sometimes humans just do things they never think they'd do and it's the same mean shocks you know and I did it and I would never have you will I'd never ever 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 Ever. No, but you hate water. That's the difference for you. No, Find but you hate me. Water. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't even like a bath. That's a fear of yours. That's different. But I will. I think out of all of the all of the things that I could be confronted with in life, being plonked in the sea. Yeah, but that's an in, in, inherent fear of yours. Oh. It's something that you don't see. I, I'm scared of sharks. I'd rather jump out of a plane, and I'm. Absolutely terrified of heights as well. Yeah. I'm a very fearful person. Yeah. Mm. Always a big no from me. But, yeah, I get it. But even I did something that I, I would have sworn blind and deaf. Oh, I would and never listen, do. and like, although I say that, do, yes. You think, oh, no, don't worry, don't there worry. Been, there have been things that I have sworn to myself, oh, yeah. you'd never catch me doing that. Yeah. Well, actually, when, you, when you're faced, because the fear of doing something is always far worse than the reality. And then you just think, it won't happen to me, it won't happen to me. But it's, I don't know, face of an alien. My instinct, if I'm honest, I watch all these shows, I watch all of it. I watch everything there is. And I think, why didn't you run? I know you can't run anyway from aliens, you know. But, and the people that, that stay or walk towards it, I think you're mad as, but you know, why would you do that? But I kind of get it. Because I now, went to see when I knew they were shot, and I, I said I'd never do that, so. Next question. Go. On the understanding that there is intelligent life visiting us from wherever. Which obviously there is, yeah. Do you feel that they are hostile? Do you feel that they are peaceful? I th do you know what I think? I think they have the potential to destroy us, but I think they monitor us. I think we ain't worth their time. I, th I think they... I think they take... I definitely think they take people. I definitely think... They have an agenda for us. I definitely think it's a purpose. Do they want to destroy us? I think they could have done that years ago. Um, but I think we're interesting to them. I think there's necessary positions for them to us. And I and honestly, if you to ask me an honest question, do you think they can take take us over? I'd have to say yes. They probably have the capability to, because we know already from the UFOs. And what our military tell us, they have massive and, capability. And as, just, as well, there's lots of very well documented it. cases that they have completely shut down entire like nuclear yeah. silos and all that, just yeah. completely just 
I mean, I'm not. A, I don't think there's going to be War of the Worlds per se. The movie. No, I, I, no, I, I don't I, think I, they. I think yeah. that they, they, they might us are interested. They definitely exist. They. Come we're not to going us, to have some death beam no, come and wipe, I don't wipe think us out. But... That we're gonna in our lifetime, you know, or in any ways. I, I think I think we're so ridiculous to them. Right. Next question. Go. You said not in our lifetime. Do you think in our lifetime we'll have an answer? I think. Well, we've got an answer already because the military no, have already a, released files. No, but a, a definitive yes. Me, he, yes, there are aliens, and here is a representative from planet blah 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 to no. come and speak to us this evening. Everyone, give a warm round of applause for Captain Dubedorf. And no, oh, and do you know why the only reason I think no is because that would destroy all religion. You know, there was there was God, there was Adam and Eve, there was you know all these religions. It would put the world, you know, the, the the steadfast religious heads that only believe in one thing. They can't see another option. Um, I think it would d destroy the planet. I don't think it will ever be announced purely from that reason. Um, Unless I they announce themselves. Yeah, they never have to get it. But I don't think any governments announcing it would do any good because you're always going to get these, you know, these religious people that would cause world wars because... They, you know, they don't understand it. They, get, they don't get it. They don't believe it. But yeah, could it happen? Well, I think anything's possible. Um, but my instinct, my position is, I don't think it would have happened because I think we're so ridiculous. They just watch us and monitor us. We know they exist. We know they're there. We know that. But would they ever come and try and take us over? I don't think we're worth their time. But having said that, who knows? But listen, we've got an abundance of resources and things like that. And I think we, we need to give ourselves a little bit more credit. We've got some amazing minds. Yeah, and I'm, not, I'm sure they could use our minds. But have we got their intelligence from what from what I've seen and researched? If I believe it all. But then I feel intelligence comes from a place of education. Who's to say? You know, mind you, do you feel that people are inherently more intelligent than others? God, yeah, definitely. I think genetics make a massive difference, yeah. Okay. And I do. You know, nature over nurture. I absolutely believe in nature over nurture and, uh, the, and the genetic line and genetic intelligence. I think that's scientific fact. I don't think it's out the way for me to say that. I think it's proven anyway. I'd like to know why I'm so clever then. Yeah, well, so would I. <laughs> yeah, because you are actually really clever, but you're mad as a box of frogs. But then I'm not clever at all, but I have a brain in my head for other things. So. Correct. Who knows? Everyone has a gift. Right, Bye. we're moving on. We digress massively. God. The Lake and Heath Bentwaters incident is what I will go in now. So obviously okay. I spoke about uh, RAF Bentwaters. Yeah. It's, it's connected to, not connected to, but it's like the closest military base to Rendlesham Forest. Yeah. Um, RAF Woodbridge, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I recognise that name. <laughs> I only spoke about it <laughs> 10 minutes ago. So... This is another real famous incident that happened. Uh, again, it's all military connected. It's all radar operators and everything. And I'm going to give you an hour by hour rundown of exactly what happened. Okay. On the evening of the 13th of August, 1956. Yeah. So, dry, largely clear night. But there was an unusual amount of shooting stars mm. that evening. And that was associated with a, an incoming meteorite shower. Yeah, which so happens, yeah. It happens. I don't know if it has any connection in terms of 
aliens and UFOs, but it's a it's a fact that I've given you. So yeah. at 9.30 that evening, radar operators at the base tracked a target. It appeared similar to a normal aircraft um, and it was approaching the base from the sea at an apparent speed of several thousand miles per hour. Now, in 1956, the ability to go several yeah. thousand miles per hour, I would say it was limited. I would say even now is pretty limited. Possibly non-existent. Probably I'm non-existent. Not a, I'm not an RF expert, but yeah. No. Um, they also tracked a group of targets moving, moving, moving slowly to the northeast, which merged into a single very large um, craft. Yeah, is what I'll say. Um, and it was several times bigger than a B thirty six, which at the time had the largest wingspan of any combat. Is that a bomber. Yes. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Um, it was the yeah. it had and that had the largest wingspan yeah. of any combat plane. The, the, ever yeah, yeah and yeah. The, whatever this was there was lots of little things that merged to create something that was several yeah. times bigger yeah. than this so we know it's impossible so we know that this target um from the northeast moved up the scope uh, northwards and then rapidly there was another target coming from east to west yeah so there was lots of there was lots of things in the sky Lots of things they couldn't explain. Lots of things going at 1,000 miles per hour. Lots of things that were far bigger than anything they'd ever seen before. Yeah. And things were merging together, which again... It doesn't really... It, doesn't, it never happens. No, even even with our technology now, which is <laughs> now, far yeah. more advanced than 1956, do you know of any vehicles... Well, it doesn't exist. Well, it doesn't it's exist. Impossible. No. Yeah. So there was... It's impossible in human beings, our technology. Mm-hmm. So there was a T-33 trainer plane, which again is, is just a, a you know type of aircraft. And it was crewed by first lieutenants Charles Metz and Andrew Rowe. And they was directed to investigate the radar contacts. So they were sent to go and see, you know, go and have a look at what that blip is. Yeah. You yeah. know, scramble, scramble. They went, didn't see a thing. There was no visual sightings of the objects that were being picked up on the radar at Bentwaters, um, except for a single amber star-like object, which they now have gone on to say probably was Mars in the sky. Mm. Um, but that nothing, nothing really to report. Yeah. They couldn't see yeah. anything. At 5 to 11, the same evening, a target was detected approaching Bentwaters from the east at a speed estimated... They said around two to four thousand miles per hour. Now, I'm going to Google very quickly how fast the Earth spins. The Earth spins at around roughly a thousand miles per hour. Yeah. Right. So you've got something that potentially is coming in four times the speed that the Earth spins. And Freddie, we wouldn't even mind because it was back in the 50s. But we know since then, we've even had the same now. reports, you know, with <laughs> our better technology, with our super, you know, high technology. Yeah, so yeah. it is what it is. So obviously they've got a anomaly 
on the radar. So yeah. it faded from the scope as it passed over the base and then it reappeared to the west. So so it's not a meteor, it's not um, a comet. It's so it, it's, 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 it's incoming, they're bracing, it's disappeared and it pops up again. In a different location. In a different location. Else, yeah. still, okay. on, still on the same trajectory. But it's disappeared then really. tells us if it didn't crash to the ground, it's, it's not anything. However, as it passed overhead, a rapidly moving white light was observed from the ground. Um, a pilot of a C-47 was 4,000 feet over bent waters, reported that a similar light had passed beneath his aircraft. Um, at this point, bent waters alerted the US kind of run base RAF Lakenheath, which is about 40 miles to the northwest of where they was, and they said to look out for targets. Ground personnel at Lakenheath made the same visual sightings of several luminous objects, including two of which, which kind of arrived nearby and made a real sharp change in course and appeared to merge together before moving off. Yeah. The angular size of these objects was compared to that of a golf ball at arm's length. So you've got to think if you held a golf ball at arm's length, that was the kind of size, obviously, but then up in up in the sky. Yeah. Uh, they were stated to dwindle to pinpoint size as they moved away, um, and an obs people observing it said, you know, that it wasn't a meteorite because a meteorite is small and then gets big. And this then, was bigger uh, then got small. As we've discussed before, it was something they traveling come in away. Green glows, and they, you know, we, we can we can track them. You know, we, we know about that quite easily, even back then. Um, this is it's all really, really well document, documented, really infamous incident. Again, all military personnel, all done through military equipment. They were panicked. They were scared. Obviously, when people communicate and stuff uh, through military, there's always transcripts of everything. They could be found online. These people were scared. They were scared. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was going on. And everything with military men or military personnel, men and women, is logged scientifically from second to second. Everything is data. Everything is recorded. Yes. Um, also, as well, there was a technical sergeant called Forrest Perkins, and he was the watch supervisor in the Lake and Heath Radar Air Traffic Control Centre. And he said that uh, two RAF Venom interceptors were scrambled and directed towards the radar target. Um, the pilot of the first Venom achieved contact, but then found that the target had been manoeuvred behind him and chased the aircraft yeah. for a period of 10 minutes. And despite taking violent evasive action, um, kept up with him the whole time. Yeah. So Perkins said that the pilot was extremely worried really scared and just didn't understand anything that was happening and what was going on absolute essential and top-notch warfare from what human beings know it and when something happens that they don't understand it then you can understand why they're anxious and they don't understand it you can't fight what you don't understand you you don't know them you, you don't know what to do um, so yes, yeah, that is the Lake and Heath bent waters incident as well so it happened before uh, Rendlesham and you know, uh, Bentwaters is, mm, I think I said five miles away mm. from from Rendlesham. So yeah. 
obviously is a bit of a hotbed for otherworldly activity, mm. we would say. Now, I'm going to move on to something completely unrelated to the Rendlesham area. All right. But a famous UFO sighting in the UK. Now, I've done this because this appeared over the course of three evenings in three separate locations in the UK. All right. And I'm not talking up. You saw it in St. Joseph, then you saw it in Colchester, then you saw it in Ipswich. This is all over the country. Okay. So, the 24th of October, 1967, what has now been called the Devon Flying Cross UFO, was sighted. So, at 4am, PC's Roger Willey and Clifford Waycott, so PC's is police constable, uh, were driving from... Holsworthy to Haverley along the A3072 and they saw a bright object in the shape of a cross at tree height about 40 metres away. They followed the pulsating object for about 15 minutes along the roads and reached speeds of up to 80 miles per hour. Which was a lot in those days. Mm -hmm. They put their foot down. The object was described as being star spangled and like looking through wet glass. Right, in, so we in know its, what in that, its appearance. Yeah, that looks like. It was joined by a second object at 4.23 a.m. And this was also sighted by, a, you know, a motorist, the member of the public, uh, a man called Mr. Christopher Garner, and he uh, lived in Haverley. And he had also seen it, but he thought he was having a nightmare. He was like, what? Like, I thought I was still half asleep. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know what was yeah. going on. The object disappeared at around 5am after being pursued for 14 miles. Now, that was sighting one. The 25th of October, 1967, known as the Sussex Flying Cross Incident. Policemen in five police cars across East Sussex, mm. which, if you don't know the UK, isn't anywhere near Devon, uh, reported a bright flying cross in the early hours with the first sighting at 4.45 a.m. Mm. Um, other people reported seeing it a few minutes later, but again, behaved in a very similar way to the evening before in Devon. Was seen at kind of same kind of height level, behaving in the same way, pulsating, same colours, stuff like that, and then disappeared at a similar kind of time. Now, I move on to the 26th of October, 1967. And a man, a 54-year-old man called Angus Brooks um, in Dorset was walking at around 11.25am in the morning in the downs near Holworth, close to the Dorset coast. Um, and he had his two dogs with him. There was quite a gal going on at the time and he took shelter. When he took shelter, he then saw a circular translucent, translucent craft with a girder at the front and three pointing to the rear. The girders rearranged to form a cross shape around um, the central. He described it as maybe 25 foot diameter disc and then began to spin. 22 minutes later, the girders returned to their original position and the craft sped off in the northeast direction. So the same craft has been sighted yeah. in three separate locations 
by a total of one to eight people, maybe even more, nine people. That we know of. That we know of. Probably more. Probably more. Now, I, you know, if that's not evidence enough, yeah. because these people ain't then talking to each other going, oh, guess what I saw last night? Oh, I saw well, this. Well, in those days, you didn't have mobile phones. Well, there's no social internet, media, you know, there's you, no you things. Anything, you yeah, know, it's not, yeah. it's not front front page news. And also, especially in those days, you would not come forward because people think you're mad, deranged. You just want to come forward. It's only the people that is necessary. So and it, there's probably a lot more that saw it. Again, fascinating, amazing. Yeah. Really interesting. Mm. The truth is out there. I think we know it is. Oh, listen, category. If you, you know, if you did a survey of people, like, do you believe that you know there's something out there? I would say eighty percent of people, maybe even more. Yeah, I, I just think basic maths is the entire universe, the solar system, however far it stretches. I don't even know the correct scientific words for how big this is. They aren't just us. End of subject. They can't be. It ain't just human beings because we destroy ourselves anyway. There's got to be something else out there. And there's nothing to say that they can't come and be within our, our environment or our planet, you know, or our bloody, you know. So, so we can see them. But, yeah. You know, I think there is. Well, I know there is. I'm, I'm convinced there is. Listen, we shall, we shall end this week's episode. Um, with maybe a little call out. Yeah, Listen, been, guys, have you got any UFO stories? Have you been to any of these locations? Have you had anything unexplained in the sky? Are you seeing that? Have you been abducted? I'd love to interview someone who has um, been taken and and talk about their experiences. I have lots of questions that I'd like to Because we know what happens because there's so many cases in other parts of the world where they have found, uh, you know, um, scars and microchips. I say microchips, that's in my, my layman's terms. But, you know, the, inanimate these objects. Impl implants yeah. in the skin that um, the military have taken. And, uh, I ain't you got know, a clue. I ain't got or, a scooby. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what, made from a material that is not known in this yeah. earth. Well, how's and human it got beings that have so high radiation, they say, well, unless you lived in bloody nuclear power, you're human being... You couldn't have had that. There's so many cases of it. I mean, so many. Listen, maybe someone's out there who's listening to this. Listen, if you are, email us. We want to talk to you. We'd love to have you on um, as a guest. But yeah, please e email us with any of the stories you have. We'd love to, we'd love to hear it. Um, also, I want to give a little shout out to the people of Finland. Oh, yes. Because we have been, well, at one point, peaked at number three in their podcast charts and we're still we're still there we're holding on maybe a week and a half later still top 10 top 10 podcast in finland we were the best in america at one point then canada and you know that kind of changes the podcast but now we're yeah. number one in finland so well not number one number three no sorry but in in the top top 10 yeah listen and 10, i'll take yeah. it thank you the finnish people we love you thank you um yes as always we'll end with the normal spiel um Email us directly with your stories, thoughts, comments, suggestions. If it's negative, we don't want to hear it. We don't listen to negative. We we delete, block, delete, block. <laughs> so if there's anything bad, please don't, don't bother yourself because we ain't asked. Uh, but yes, contact us directly. But also the same email address you can use to um, donate towards the podcast and to the growth of the podcast, which you can do through PayPal. And that is the Haunted Podcast Official at gmail.com. 
Also as well, please follow us on all of our social medias. It's really, really important to keep up to date with what is happening and we post things relevant to the episode. So if you want to kind of have a list, like a view of some of the things we're talking about, follow us on there. So you can do that. Um, Twitter, that's the Haunted Pcast. Um, Instagram is the Haunted Podcast Official. Facebook is the Haunted Podcast Official. And on TikTok, we are the Haunted Podcast. That has been your episode this evening. Um, Before we go, love to Ukraine. Love to Ukraine. Pray for Ukraine. Uh, We're yellow and blue all over. Let the necessary archangels of death take him out. I don't care if that's not PC. Don't care. The same. Someone needs to just do a little something. Please. Little SWAT team, take the lot out. Listen, maybe the aliens are watching and just think that they. Oh, I don't Maybe know. they're Winterfiend and they'll but send a tractor beam needs... down. <laughs> yes, somebody needs to take and the say, fucker out. Right, what's all this about? Come on, come on, off you go. Yeah, come with get us. to fuck Putin. Right, the subject. And that's that. Fuck Putin. Hashtag. Fuck Putin. Get to fuck. Hashtag. <laughs> Listen. Be good. Be safe. Be honest. Love one another. Be kind. Send help. Yeah, absolutely. Bon voyage. This has been the international bon voyage. The interma- in- international what man is- of mystery is signing out. <laughs> what is- bon vo- right, okay. Um Ciao Bella. See ya. Right, if I need something in Ukraine to set, but Bye. I'll let you just sign out. Goodbye. Bye.